Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode of the second season of All About Reality. Welcome back. It's it's Luke Patrick. It's Matt Goodwin. Goody, happy new year, brother. Same to you. Very, very happy new year for you and your family. Um, definitely 2018 ended with a bang. It did indeed. So for those that reached out to us about the Red Box Bowl tickets and to see my little brother fight, we uh, it was good news in the in the OC household. The real OC, my little brother, on NBC Sports, uh, was a five to one underdog and upset his opponent to take home a big million dollar poster board check. So that was quite a way to end 2018, carrying around a million dollar poster board check on the streets of New York City, as you might imagine, outside Madison Square Garden. Didn't quite rival um, our fantasy success, but it was a nice thing for my little brother to have done, I think. Like, it was a pretty clever move on his part to try to upstage our fantasy success. Uh, yeah, I mean, he he has some blemishes in his career record. Um, in our record in the podcast league, we... we um, Went fifteen and zero. Uh, I, I mean, our opponent had Todd Gurley, but we, we won by enough of a margin that I think had Gurley played, we still would have won. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about kind of the elements of that roster, what we had the last couple weeks um, later in the podcast. But feel feels good to to be undefeated, and and the the irony is like what 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 do you have to prove after that? So. A true story. Um, so, so let's let's drop let's drop some news early on. What what are we going to do with that fifteen and zero undefeated team in the podcast league? Well, I think like any of the great celebrity couples that our audience might come to know and love, like Chris Pratt and Anna Faris, like all true loves must come to an end. And, and we decided in order to make room and to to accommodate for those that couldn't hack it in our league. You and I are splitting up and dispersing our team into a dispersal draft to welcome new owners in the podcast league to give new listeners a chance. So, yeah, and I, I'll explain a little bit of those details. So, in the sixteen-team Superflex league, um, so obviously two quarterbacks, very shallow <laughs> benches, I would say. We we had um, some owners leave and owners slash GMs, and um, we've earmarked and we've had kind of a list of people reached out listen to podcasts who you know reach out to us and and um are occupying those spots you know we're grateful for the folks who were in and wanted to try it and some folks wanted to skew more towards idp some the season they were kind of kicking the tires on the rso platform some you know really gravitate towards certain leagues that they're in and you know with their friends so you know no hard feelings i think i think it was fun and, and i think the way to do it when you have multiple gms departing i mean if you have one one spot to fill it's usually you know you plug and play and hopefully that team has enough draft capital or or, or you know talented players that, on good salaries that make it attractive enough just to hop in my my thought is when you have i would say probably three or more or two or more depending if it's a 10 team league um sp spots open i i like kind of pooling those players in a dispersal draft and um, we'll get into more nuts and bolts on how that works, and we're going to do that live, um, both on YouTube, and then we'll we'll um, have the audio up, kind of like what we did for the auction. Um, do that probably week you know, after the site rolls over, so uh, you know week and change after the Super Bowl, maybe we'll do we'll do that offline, and and so 
basically that this gives you a forum to move player contracts easy via trades. You're you're still assuming contracts, but you're and draft picks and and even a franchise tag you know situation, so to speak, where you're picking amongst a pool of players. So you're not just assi- you're not assigned to a team really. Maybe you're assigned you you are temporarily, so you have a access to the league to see like what the free agent pool looks like outside of this dispersal draft and and who the other owners are in the league and and all that but it gives you a chance to really you know jump in and still feel like you're you're shopping for your groceries basically for sure and i think we alluded last time as the as the year came to a close on the 27th episode of all about reality we talked about some things that you can do to enliven the offseason i think the dispersal draft is becoming an increasingly important tool for a, an effective commissioner who really by no fault of your own or your league's fault, like stuff happens in people's lives and we, we know that they move on and especially becoming a, a general manager of a reality sports online team is a little bit more involved than some formats that we have. This is going to be a great time bring new blood into the league. You see contracts flying around. You have contracts from four to five different teams to be dispersed it builds another lay of strategy as to whether or not are you drafting players just because they're the best player available or are you drafting players because they don't have an onerous contract that you want to be stuck with. Like there are some really cool elements that are, are more than worthwhile that make this frankly yet another fun thing you can do with this platform. And obviously you can reach out to Goody, you can reach out to myself, we can walk you through how a, a, an effective commissioner can, it can make this play and make this go um, on the website. Kyle is always available to help too. But I think there are ways that you can use the opportunity of GMs leaving a league to actually really bolster the health of the league rather than allow it to fold around you. I don't think you ever have to see two or three owners leaving as a devastating blow to a reality sports online league, frankly. Exactly. And I mean, it's nice that we have, you know, people, you know, a, a good avid listener base that, that hopefully will continue to grow as as we, you know, get into 2019 and, and try to keep keep the quality of guests coming like we did in, you know, our debut year. We do. We've got big names lined up. Uh Obviously, as a as a principally reality sports online focused podcast, all about reality has some really great people in the off season. As we draw in some of those bigger names that have their own podcast commitments and their own commitments to major networks over the course of the year, now is the time that they tend to step in because they appreciate people like you. If you're listening to this right now, you know that you are frankly. Uh, you have a little bit of the itch, you have a little bit of the disease, and you know that like these people are here to be there for you, to walk you through that in the off-season. Um, and speaking of, right now is one of the very rare times Reality Sports Online as a site is in the off-season. Can you speak to that for a minute, Goody? We, we, Kyle has given us some insight, and there's a new feature that that for those of you that are just hitting refresh, you don't have to. Now there's a calendar on there as to when like new stuff will start rolling over. But we know that for the next little while, the site is is veritably dark. You can still go look at your teams, move your players on and off your roster if you want to mess with people that might be looking at your team. Um, I would advise that you go like make friends and, and see the outdoors or throw a snowball or something at this point if you live on the East Coast or in the Midwest. But uh, yeah, right now you can actually like step away from the site for a little bit. Uh, new contracts are going to roll over new decisions with franchise tags are going to start becoming available on February 11th. I believe, is that correct? Woody? 
I think it's more or less around February 11th, like a week after the Super Bowl. I mean, hey, we have the top four seeds still in the NFL playoffs. I mean, I know, you know, most of the country is probably annoyed and tired of the Patriots, but it should be interesting. I mean, I, I, you know, thought about the other day, especially like given that I'm from Cleveland, I'm a Cavs fan, and how remarkable it was that LeBron James, you know, went to the Eastern Conference Finals eight, eight years in a row. And now, now Tom Brady's at that in the AFC Championship, and in 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 his case, with with kind of the not necessarily the same team, but the the Patriots still, and you know, as that team has turned and and maintained its excellence over such a long period of time, and and that that's really impressive. So I, I mean, I'm looking, I'm certainly looking forward to the the two games this weekend. Um, I, I mean, I, I think everyone would be clamoring for kind of a a Rams Chiefs rematch with you know that was a, such a great Monday night game, but I think any of the scenarios are going to be really exciting. I mean, if you get the Saints who you know playing in in you know the in the dome in Atlanta, they they're familiar with that. You know, I'm sure their fan base will travel well. So, um, I, a lot of exciting thing things with respect to the playoffs in terms of the the reality sports online the calendar. Kyle, um, for each league, and it's kind of customizable to how the league has kind of set their deadlines, um, that if you go in under the league tab, there's a calendar, and basically it is a full-year calendar view, and it basically shows um, not only the off-season but during the season, like when your extensions would it, would expire after week 13, um, when you know you currently maybe have your your rookie draft set up and, and things like that, and and it's color coded too. I mean, I Kyle kind of shot me a preview, asked for my feedback, which I appreciate being part of that process. You know, um, before before it goes live, and you know, I think it's it's another feature. I mean, it also helps Kyle and his team because, like, you, you get a lot of the same FAQ type questions, and and I, I mean, who for some owners, some owners who have like a lot of <laughs> gusto and are, are ready to go, and you know, have been since the day that they're, you know, they played their last game on the <laughs> RSO gridiron. For sure. So, reality sports online GMs can look forward to that. Um, right now, obviously, we're going to walk through a couple things right now that might affect some of those decisions that you're going to be making on players as we move forward. You and I have certainly have a lot of decisions to make as we enter this dispersal draft. There's going to be a question as to whether or not uh, our success will be one that precedes uh, you know, generational dominance like the Patriots or if we're going to be a flash in the pan like the, the Eagles and like how Doug Peterson and John Filippo just end up like a shell of themselves, like like separated from one another and incapable of maintaining that success. And then, obviously, who's the Belichick and who's the Josh McDaniels in our situation? Who's going to come crawling back at the end of the day, right? Like so, that's uh, that's what we're looking for here. But in truth, there is some there is some uh, real NFL news that might affect how you see fantasy players. And the first, I want to point to you. We talk, we we joke a little bit about you being a Cleveland fan, and I don't know if that makes you the most objective on this, but I sure certainly think that we have some insight in in light of recent guests and in terms of your own uh, your own perspective. Kitchen's now the head coach of your franchise over there in Cleveland. Um, talk to me about um, your valuation of different players. Does that does that cause the 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 thermometer to go up on Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, any of those players, or are they all guys that you're pretty much staying the course on anyway? Uh, all excited about their potential. David Njoku, again, it's 
crazy to talk about the Browns this way, but we've been doing it all year. That's like four players that anybody would be happy to have on their team. Yeah, I, it's interesting because they also brought Todd Monken in for, as the offensive coordinator from the Buccaneers. So, I, I mean, granted, Freddie Kitchen said he'd still be calling plays, um, which is great. I mean, we saw what the next-gen stats looked like with that and when we had Jeff L.J. Lloyd on from Locked On Browns podcast. And he's had some big big guests on, on his podcast. So if you're a Browns fan or now an adopted Browns fan by virtue of Jeff or or Hard Knocks or whatever, catch those things because he's having he does have like Browns on current and former Browns on from from time to time. Um, uh, kind of a plug for for that podcast, but it, it, it's hard to say because it's so early. It's so early. I I mean, there's kind of two schools of thought with me with the Freddie Kitchens hire. I mean, one he was too talented to let go out of the organization, so the Browns' hands were. The brass's hands were tied a little bit with like who they were going with in terms of hire, but like the play calling was so good. Like basically, the the, the stats against the, you know their opponents, you can only control who you play. Like Baker Mayfield's deep ball accuracy, how good the Browns were in the red zone, how few sacks they allowed after they schematically made made changes, like pointed to a, a really good football system and team. Yeah, definitely. I, and, and I mean, the guy I'm buying the most on in that, I mean, there's two guys that you're still buying the most on, and that's Baker and Chubb. And I, I don't know that that would have changed in Dynasty weather, you know, like the worst coach in the world, also known as Hugh Jackson, was always like still there. I, so, I mean, I, I think that I think there's a lot of upside potential. I mean, to the point where Nick Chubb's got to be considered like a, a top 10 Dynasty running back to, and, you know, Baker Mayfield, I think what Baker Mayfield does is like, you know, if you're in a single quarterback league and, you know, Baker didn't go on, say you're in a startup league in reality sports online, like the, the, the promise of a guy like a Baker Mayfield going, getting picked as like a QB 10, 12, 15 in a league. It is, you know, there's so much upside on that. And, and I, I mean, in rookie draft, obviously in rookie drafts, he, you know, those guys who have, who've had rookie drafts, like have that asset. And, and that's a guy I'm comfortable plugging and playing every week. That's not matchup dependent, basically. The, the other, the other guys I'm taking more of a wait and see approach on, honestly. I know Todd Monken, like, you know, it, like they threw to the tight ends a lot in Tampa. And I know that Najoku is kind of, you know, a darling of the dynasty community, but I, I'm still, unless, unless your name is Ertz, Kelsey or Kittle, I, I don't know about that still on like paying or speculating on tight ends. Sounds good. Let, let me put your feet to the fire. Then I'm going to start saying quarterback names and you tell me when to stop in terms of where you'd have Baker Mayfield. I'm going to walk, go from the bottom of the list in Dynasty and work my way up, and we'll see what, what, what that would equate to as our RSO GM, all right? So, super, fl- super flex or um, one quarterback? Uh, does it matter for you in, in uh, if we're just talking quarterbacks at this point? Does it matter for you like how you would value the quarterback position at that point, super flex or regular? Uh, actually, maybe not. Let's hear. Let's all go right. through. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady. Philip Rivers, or you ask where whether where who I would slot Baker ahead of in Dynasty? Yep, yep. So all three of them. All right, Sam Darnold. 
Ahead of him, too. Dak Prescott? Ahead of him, but I do like Dak going into next season. I like in general. That. I do as well. I think you and I are of a mind on Dak, actually. I tried to pry him away from uh, the, our noble leader, Pappy, when, when he was in his swoon, and, and Matt Pepson wisely held on to him in the Writers League, for example. Uh, Drew Brees. From a dynasty perspective, definitely still Baker. I mean, I, I think Breeze, they win the Super Bowl. He may walk off into the sunset. So Matt Stafford? Baker, it's not even close. <laughs> Lamar Jackson? Ba- still Baker. Jameis? St- still Baker because you have one more year of contract on Jameis. I, I mean, I, I like the potential with Arians and, and who they have, but I, you know, I, I may be buying if I want to grab Jameis's upside and maybe doing it through like a guy like Chris Godwin or Deshaun Jackson if he stays. I hear you. Kirk Cousins. Baker. (laughs) Jimmy Garoppolo. He's coming back from injuries. Baker. Matt Ryan of the Atlanta Falcons. That's a tougher one because he has weapons, but I, I still think Baker. Young Mitchell Trubisky of the Chicago Bears. Baker. Former MVP Cam Newton of the Carolina Panthers. Still Baker. Uh, your Philadelphia Eagles backup quarterback, Carson Wentz. <laughs> He's coming back from injury, too. And his back problems are tough. Uh, Baker. I mean, I think maybe my, my Baker value is kind of spiked a little. No, you don't have to doubt yourself, uh, young Padawan. You're actually in good company as far as uh, the expert dynasty rankings that exist for us on Fantasy Pros go. How about Russell Wilson or Baker Mayfield? I I still think Baker because of the, like the amount of passing they're doing. Fair enough. Wonderkin that doesn't know what part of the sky the sun rises in, Jared Goff or oh. Baker Mayfield. That I'd probably call a toss-up. Okay. Uh, here then, so you've reached the top five right now in Jared Goff to Sean Watson or Baker Mayfield. Um, my personal preference between Watson and Baker is is Baker. So basically, because I feel like Watson towards the end of the year they started working that running game, and he he showed kind of like a passing attempt ceiling like Russell Wilson has. Excellent. So my wonderful co-host, you have now eliminated all but three quarterbacks that you would prefer Baker Mayfield to. Do you know, and I suppose you know those three names, having just heard the list of the rest of the names in Dynasty. Can you tell me the three names, uh, and I don't even know if you prefer them over Baker Mayfield, but can you tell me the names of the three people that the Dynasty community has as their top three quarterbacks? I mean, number one's Mahomes, and he's in a tier by himself. And I would definitely rather have Mahomes than than Baker. Sounds good. Um, Aaron Rodgers is another one. I just don't know where whether he's two or three. You you are absolutely right, sir. You're doing great on this. Look at you. (laughs) One point for the new year. Yeah, and the the third one is escaping me as I think as I think through these now for some reason. Uh, you're not as lucky as your Irish co-host. So Andrew Luck is the, oh, is the Luck. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it makes sense, right? He was not he is he was nowhere near yeah. that point in consensus last year. But now, right, those are our top three Mahomes, Luck, and then Rogers, I oddly enough, in, in yeah. Dynasty rankings. Um the where you fall relative to consensus though is consensus puts Deshaun Watson, Goff, and Wilson over Baker. So the only one that you definitively 
like you leapfrogged, uh, I guess leapt frog. I don't know. You leapt frog over Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. Um, and so that, in, and then it was a coin toss with Goff. So you have May, Mayfield as a borderline top five quarterback value in RSO as a GM. Are you willing to go out and pay for him with what that would cost? Do you think in a, in a, in a, let's start with a two quarterback league and then move to a single quarterback league in a, in a two quarterback league. Are you willing to get up, give up like multiple firsts and a good player perhaps to go do that to secure him on your team? Um, multiple first, I think. Yeah. I'm um, okay. the player. I think it would depend, but I, yeah, I mean, he he's in, in a super flex league. I think that's that depending on the scoring system, you know, that's kind of gold. That, no, I totally am with you. And here's the interesting part for our listeners. Of course, right now we have to consider I, – I almost hate these discussions of would you go do this in a vacuum because we all know that at this time in the offseason, you finally have the, the seesaw – like you finally have the fat kids sitting on the side of the the pick side of the equation, right, and, and the players are up dangling in the air. And you can go get really good players like Cam Newton. You can probably get really good players in this list like the Matt Ryans. Uh, you can get uh, what may or may not be a good player in Kirk Cousins or Jameis Winston or Matt Stafford for sure for picks at this point in a way that they probably have way more value than the picks that you're buying them for. So I like that you you were willing to use picks as currency first. Like that seems like a good move at this point in the offseason for sure. Yeah, I, I think in a one-quarterback league, there's just a lot of guys who can kind of fill the role now. I, I think what's interesting though is – as the as the Brady's and the Roethlisberger's and the and the Rivers and the Breezes like start aging out a little bit, it's it's from a fantasy perspective, it's nice to see the kind of this young crop of quarterbacks everybody can get excited about. That there's enough of a sample size or or optimism about you know five to seven player five to seven of these quarterbacks, and some of it some of its system, some of it's what they you know what they bring and. And and so I I think that's that's kind of fun because I you know we we've had the had the stalwarts be around for so long and have such longevity and success that you know those players are old reliable and now you have a you 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 kind of have a choice from a absolutely dynasty for sure and right the quarterback only gives us so many options in terms of there others such uh, frankly they lead to some stagnant in dynasty trading as a GM be precisely in single quarterback leagues, precisely because of what you're describing. Like we're much more comfortable way down the list with some of those guys starting for us. So let's move to a, to a position where the scarcity is significant. And, and then we'll talk in terms of some great data we have from, from Kyle about players that showed up on championship rocks rosters. So I, I want to do a little bit of an exercise um, in consensus rankings, we have an early top 10 for next year, and then we'll go down to top 20. And in first in the group of top 10, I want you to tell me uh, uh, a running back you'd be more inclined to sell and a running back you might be more inclined to try to go buy up his contract um, and trade for in a GM sense uh, right now. So here's your your top 10, the way that the, the community views them at the moment. And I think is this, this is... Dynasty community is this yes, um, yeah exclusively dynasty community. So this is seeing that this is the dynasty community, and I think those values tend to translate better to RSO at this time in the off season. Um, okay. So uh, as you might imagine, your your our top ten is actually uniquely for our purposes bracketed by uh, 
two rookie running backs, Saquon Barkley and Nick Chubb. So Saquon's number one, Chubb comes in at number 10. And in between, number two, we have Gurley. Three, we have Ezekiel Elliott. Four, we have Christian McCaffrey. Five, Kamara. Six, Joe Mixon. Seven, Melvin Gordon. Eight, Dalvin Cook. And nine, DJ, David Johnson of Arizona. So you've got those 10. Um, I'm going to let you – I'll go first on this one and let you think about that for a moment as to whose contract you're trying to unload and who you're trying to to go acquire. And I think um, the easiest to acquire, I would point you to the oldest running back in that crowd. And it's actually – like it might not be uh, obvious who the oldest running back in the crowd is, but it's actually David Johnson. He's He's coming in at 27 years old. And I think he's who I'm looking to buy. I think his owner is probably a little disaffected with him coming off that season. There's a lot of uncertainty surrounding the Arizona situation. There's a lot of um, uh, slings and arrows coming out about Clingsbury as the hire. And um, and people, frankly, just don't have a lot of confidence in Arizona as an organization. Frankly, I do have confidence in David Johnson as a person and as a player to, to get right. And I have a lot of confidence that that organization is going to do their best to put a signal caller around him that will like get the ball to him. And I just don't know how much they have besides David Johnson. I understand that other defenses are going to be stacking up on him, but he's a player I'm going, I'm looking to go by because I just think he's, he's one of the very few potential top three running backs that we're looking at on this list that you can still get. And that, that to me means something in the off season we're, we're anticipating what they're going to be not what they were. And I like trying to buy up David Johnson at the moment. Okay. Yeah. I, that, that makes sense to me. I mean, I, I know you've had David Johnson on your rosters in the past, but I, I think from a value perspective, he kind of, he fits a lot, a lot of things among the, in that list. Yeah. As a play, as far as a player I'm looking to, that I want no part of for the upcoming season, there's, there's really only one out of these top tens that I would be actively trying to move off my roster and actually, I, I should say that, and this pains me to say, there are two, and for totally different reasons. Uh, Joe Mixon and Melvin Gordon are the two players that I, I don't want any part of, uh, or I would be willing to move because I think their value is higher now than it would will be what you and I are talking at this time next year, and our listeners are chiming in sitting after the 1920 uh, fantasy season. Melvin Gordon, I think, is going to have another a really good fantasy season. Um, but a lot went right for the Chargers when... This year, a lot went right for his own personal injury history. He's 25 years old. He's still in the sweet spot for his value. I just think right now you could get an awful lot for Melvin Gordon in a way that um, if, for example, Eckler had broken out, you couldn't get. If, for example, Justin Jackson gets a bigger role. If, for example, one of those linesmen go down as they have in years past for the Chargers. If Phillip Rivers has his 30th child and decides to retire any one of these things could really negatively impact Gordon's value. And then Mixon, I just I don't trust Cincinnati as an organization. I don't trust them to get the offensive line right. I don't trust what's going on at their quarterback situation. And I and I don't trust Joe Mixon as a dynasty asset because I don't know I I, I tend to view character risks in the same way I view injury risks. So those are the two that I'm trying to sell while they are this high. I can't imagine what Joe Mixon did to warrant moving up to number six in the dynasty rankings. Yeah, no, I understand that. I yeah, I, I think his rank his his ranking surprised me a bit given what given that offense. They haven't hired a coach yet. I mean, I think that it looks like they're going with like a, 
you know, a McVeigh disciple or somebody who, you know, shared an Uber with McVeigh once or, or, <laughs> or whatever. Um, I mean, I went to the same school as, as McVeigh, like Miami of Ohio. Maybe maybe they should hire me as coach. Throw your hat in the ring. I, mean, I, your I went to the 15 and 0 in the podcast league. There's my qual. And, and like I went to school where McVeigh did. So hire me, you know. You, um, as, you had as many wins in the NFL as Hugh Jackson did last yeah, year. So, like, there you go. I'm not that far from my alma mater, but um, <laughs> closest U.S. city to it, I guess. But uh, Dayton, maybe too. Um, anyways, for me, so same question for me, I assume. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if and obviously, if you feel strongly about somebody in both those categories, yeah, I, I want to first echo like on Gordon. Apparently, he had two. He had knee braces on both knees before the game on Sunday. And so I don't know if there's an issue in both, but I, I have a little bit of fear of injury with Gordon with Gordon at this point. And and I don't I don't know that he has like the JHI degenerative bone on bone anything. I, I haven't heard anything. But I in the offseason I kind of want to explore that and, and see if I'm you know especially if that price on buying is 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 as high as it is. Um in terms of in terms of the other guys, I mean, all the all the top top ones make sense. A, a guy that I'm potentially selling because I don't know that his value is going to get any higher, and it pains me to say it because he, he was part of our our championship team, and I loved, you know, I, I he was the one the player that like I had to have this year. Um, is Christian McCaffrey? And no, no. Before you start making me offers, I'm not selling him in the writers league, but <laughs> I, I, but we're talking like. 99.5% snap count. And, and, you know, and so, and, and yeah, he didn't play in week 17, you know, and they're going to use him so much in the passing game. I mean, if the Patriots can find a way to get James White 15 receptions and, you know, in, a, in the playoff game, I'm sure Christian McCaffrey could still be super useful. But, like, you know, say Cam comes back a little healthier. You got DJ Moore in his second year as a receiver. You know, they finally get rid of the Devin Funchess exper experiment and, and all that. You know, like, there, there's some there's some factors just where McCaffrey is at number four. I, I mean, I love the player, love the work ethic, everything about him. But, it, you know, I'm willing to listen. Basically, it's like, you know, in baseball, like now, like, you know, my favorite team's Cleveland Indians. Corey Kluber's won two Cy Young Awards. He's 32-33, you know, and he has a couple more years on, a, like, a friendlyish contract. The Indians want, like, a complete haul for him. And, you know, they're but they're willing to listen. You know, they have some other needs and have enough pitching. Like, it's the same type of deal if I'm in, you know, a McCaffrey owner. I'm, I'm willing to listen. I'm not – I'm probably not selling. Um, so that, that's my real point about McCaffrey. I got a guy I'm buying in that list and it really depends on RSO price. I'm all, all signs point to Dalvin cook having a really good season in, in 2019. I, I think just kind of changing, you know, you're, you're changing coordinators. Um, it, it's Kubiak now. Uh, that's actually so confusing, right? Kevin Stefanski is there, 
and he was hired ostensibly as the offensive coordinator. Okay, and but Kubiak is a, an assistant who has had a ton of success with running back, so that that helps. I, Amy, I think Mike Zimmer want probably wants to get back a little bit to running and defense and some some of that stuff. I mean, I know you have Thielen and and Diggs and Cousins, but like in order for that football team to be back to you know the place they were the year before, I think Cook is a huge part of that narrative. Right. And and I think you know a year like coming off ACL and and like all that stuff. I, I just think you know he showed some explosiveness towards the end and and you know I I I, I mean he like kind of talking about like most owned guys on championship rosters. You know, Devin Cook found himself like right in the middle of that at eleven point nine percent too, which means you know in theory that if you stuck with him, you you know you had a couple good weeks in the fantasy playoffs. For sure, and we'll absolutely transition to that in a moment. I think your point's a fine one. I'm hopeful, obviously, that Dalvin Cook does kind of hit some of those thresholds that you you hold out for him. And I think you're right if you're going to buy him and if you you believe in the talent, now is the time to do so. But I think that's largely because of, of one thing, just knowing the team a little bit. They, I mean, they certainly have done nothing to address uh, the offensive line, which was the pro- primary culprit i think in in the lack of success for dalvin cook to the degree that it, it it didn't exist and even for kirk cousins and keeping the offense moving so obviously the offensive line in theory will not get worse in the offseason and cook's price will continue to go up as they address that offensive line so i think you're totally right some of these guys you're not buying low on your i mean they're in the top 10 and running backs they're a precious commodity but guys like dalvin cook and nick chubb like clearly their star is rising but right now might be the only time to buy them before their start, before they reach the rarefied errors of the Gurleys and the Barclays, which and are totally untouchable, right? So, like, yeah, I think you're right. Like, now you have to go. If you if you believe in the talent, you got to go get it. Um, that next set, and we'll go much more quickly on this. Coming in at number eleven is James Conner. Twelve is his uh, current and perhaps never again running mate, uh, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Aaron Jones, Sony Michelle. Carrion Johnson, Leonard Fournette. At 17, a surprise in Darius Geis. 18, Philip Lindsay. 19, Derrick Henry. Uh, and number 20, Rashad Penny. And I laugh about Derrick Henry because that how – about, how about some recency bias there? You'd, you'd make a splash in the fantasy playoffs and everybody falls in love with you again. Like here, Derrick Henry bouncing all the way up to number 19 on the list. So um, – any obvious buys or sells for you as you as you scroll through those those next ten? Um, good good question. Uh, Le'Veon Bell's completely dependent on the situation. I think I think he'll you know I think he'll he'll have a good year. <laughs> probably you know he'll exceed like that ADP so to speak. It's just what your RSO price is on him. Right. Um, I I'm curious whether. Based on where he is, Fournette's an interesting name to me. Like I would, because I think he can be had for a price that's tolerable. So yeah, so I I'm totally with you. I think that Fournette may be gettable in a way that some of the other guys on the list is, are not. Though I think it, this is kind of where you can come to play in the off season because everybody values Connor so differently, Bell so differently, Aaron Jones so differently, Sony Michelle like. If you want to start a debate in 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 the bar room at this point, like throw one of these names out there and see what people have to say. These are the kind of guys that uh, they might be valued significantly lower than guys lower on the list. Uh, 
for example, names that I didn't say that are lower on the list, Tariq Cohen, Marlon Mack, Devontae Freeman, Chris Carson. Uh, these are guys that are they're highly valued in some circles. Tevin Coleman as he searches for a new new situation. I think these are where the most fun is are is to be had by RSO GMs as you play in the offseason, right? If you really love one of those names, you can absolutely go get them for the right price. And and frankly, this is where subjectivity comes comes into play as to what you value in your running back, whether it be how they produced, what kind of runs they produced, what kind of offenses they're attached to. Any number of those factors for the discerning player suddenly makes makes them available to you, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm actually kind of surprised that Marlon Mack hasn't cracked like the top twenty mm-hmm. in that list yet. I think he I think he will based on the offensive line and the success he had in the playoffs. I mean, I, I think Chris Carson's still an interesting guy. I I I think the Penny narrative is is kind of like the Kristen Michael back a few years ago narrative a little bit. I know they're both Seahawks, but I just think people want it to happen. And you know, fine, they use first round draft capital on it, but but Chris Carson is it at at worst he's playing you know fifty percent of the snaps, so like you know to go in with dynasty asset, you know whereas a guy like Geis could come in and be be the bell cow you know immediately in Washington and then three spots lower you have Rashad Penny it it just that doesn't compute for me. No, it makes sense right to have Penny sitting at twenty. I think. I think you you threw out a name there that that makes some sense in comparison with Penny. I think probably in terms of talent and in terms of anticipation, I think he's much he's very similar to say Tevin Coleman, right? He's part of a backfield that's proven that it can run with more than one one player. You know you're going to see him have those big games. You just don't know when they're going to come. And and right, so you're banking on his breakout at some point. You're banking you're betting against Chris Carson's late draft capital. I I don't know. I, I'm with you. I don't know if that's the right way to play it. I think if you you probably have to secure the backfield if you're going to go about it that way. And I think that's doable. It's just going to be pricier than you think. Um, perhaps you want to pay for those two running backs, especially since you don't know who's going to produce on what week. And Mike Davis is still a young man, and he's still running alongside them in that backfield too. So absolutely. So. Um, having said that, you've alluded a couple times to the data we've looked at from Kyle, and I think this will be an interesting wrap for us. Uh, let's talk about some of the players that that were featured on championship rosters. And as we go through these players, um, we're going to talk about guys that were over on, on were over ten percent on ch- featured championship rosters in RSO. And um, this is across all leagues, all uh, all across the thousands of leagues that Reality Sports Online uh, offers to you guys, the listeners, and so. When we offer this information to you, we're doing it with a with an eye to next season, and an eye to like which guys we think are going to be featured on those rosters again. So, um, yeah, let's walk through this. Good evening. There's some awesome names in the list, and I'm willing to like follow this whatever way you want to take it. So, take a let's walk us through some of the names that you see here, some of the ideas. So, yeah, why don't we go top ten first? I think that just so our our listeners have a have a feel for that. Okay, so so uh, the top ten we have. Uh, surprisingly, the most um, the most featured position is actually going to be wide receiver. And out of your top ten, you have at number ten Michael Thomas, at number nine Julio Jones, at number ten, or probably at number eight Patrick Mahomes. Your only quarterback on the list. Number seven, 
a tight end in Zach Ertz. Uh, number six, Christian McCaffrey, your guy that you're willing to deal for a low price, apparently, in the Writers League. Uh, number five, DeAndre Hopkins. Number four, Devontae Adams. Number three, uh, Antonio Brown. Number two, <laughs> number two in fantasy football rosters and reality sports online in championship teams a man near and dear to our own hearts damian williams and number one uh last year's fantasy darling alvin kamara so that's your that's your top 10 and uh and some pretty pretty names that you would anticipate in there a couple surprises talk to me about what did you hear as, as those names were reeling off to you other than the the, the rush of warm emotions towards our boys c mac and Ertz and damian williams well, first, I mean, in terms of team representation, you have two Saints on there. I, I know that I think Kamar had a couple touchdowns in that game against Steelers. Um, from, I guess, like what what is not surprising in here is I, I don't think there's much debate that the receivers that are listed here are the you know regarded as the best receivers in the league uh, by any by anyone commentators analysts fantasy etc i mean i think michael thomas has catapulted himself into you know a top 5 receiver in the nfl uh, i mean he, ca- he catches everything he he gets separation he works the middle of the field scores a lot i mean he had tons of receptions this year um uh, yeah, I, I mean, Michael Thomas is still someone that you're, you're paying a premium for. Uh, you also, like, in terms of hands, you have a guy, DeAndre Hopkins, same type thing. He was at 21.8%. And just for context, um, ownership for Thomas was 159 So uh, uh, Devontae Adams kind of, you know, was ri- you know, ride with Aaron Rodgers, and they did play the Jets, I think, in Week 16, which ended up being like an overtime shootout. Antonio Brown will be interesting because who knows where he's going to be playing next year, but just super consistent when he does. I, I mean, the the diva like qualities that are starting to manifest a little bit, which scares me a little bit. But I think like you know, if he goes to a new situation, he'll play he'll play nice for a year or two. Um, I mean, Mahomes obviously is just in his own class as as a quarterback. Um, in terms of like Earths. Like tight ends, like especially if you're in, in a league, the tight end pre- premiums, or I, I mean, the positional advantage in a 12 to 16 team league with a guy like Ertz, you know, guy a guy like Kelsey is not that far behind, who's tied with Michael Thomas percentage wise, and Kittle is, is just kind of turned amazing. It'll be interesting to see how he does better or worse with Garoppolo, I guess. Uh, it's just, I mean, Kittle's a guy that you're going to hear a ton of hype about in the off season and kind of, you know, the, in terms of Damian Williams, I think that the, you know, the story here is, Hey, like we always think with this dynasty lens, but here's a guy that was, you know, picked up kind of probably at, as, I mean, if people were handcuffing Kareem Hunt. You know, they were doing it with Spencer Ware. I, I think that kind of people who were speculatively adding be like in a super deep league like we were in our podcast league um, just said, hey, you know, this guy probably has some third down back capabilities. Let's see what happens. And, you know, Ware's kind of has injury history. Now Damian Williams is signed to an extension. He ran for 130 yards last week in the divisional playoffs. Um, to You know, he, he's got every opportunity to – 
you know, be at least a, 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 on the plus side of a timeshare next year at worst case. And I, I would, you know, maybe they use high draft capital to pick up an, another guy just to, because they can, but like a third, use a third round pick on a running back like they did a few years ago with Hunt. Uh, so it's, so it's, it, yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting list. Actually, we had two chiefs on that list as well. For sure. And I think I, it's interesting. You and I look at Damian Williams a little bit different. I have such affection for him right now. He did so well. He was literally on every one of my championship winning teams this year. Um, he's attached to a pretty brilliant offense with a quarterback on the rise and they just committed to him for two years. Um, I, I just don't know that his situation could potentially get better in the offseason. I think he is one of the most tradable assets as the, as the offseason kicks off, precisely because the Chiefs have will stack their deck in their backfield. They already have another capable back back there in Spencer Ware, who I, I agree with you will will definitely be the back seat in a in a two in a two car or two row uh, vehicle at this point. However, it, it's not hard to go out in the third or fourth round. That produced Kareem Hunt the last time that the the Chiefs went looking there. And well this draft class is not overly uh, stacked at the top, according to most of the analysts that we trust at this point in the offseason. There's certainly some depth to be had in the later rounds of the Jacobs and the Holyfields like, uh, that are coming out at running back. So perhaps Andy Reid's like, veritable genius in running backs at this point can really make something happen along that point. I just, I'm just i worried about ta- attaching any, any team that I have as a GM and RSO to a running back that kind of got the job by default. And so, so that's, I think he's the one that stands out to me as, as wonderful and great and a flash in the pan. Um, and yeah, but I, I don't, I mean, one thing, I, I mean, I don't think he's signed to a contract in our RSO league right now. I'm not saying go and use your franchise tag or extend them in the off season or anything like that. I mean, he, he's, he's a guy who's going to pop with the, the James whites of the world in the, in the auction, you know, as a, a a utility back maybe he's considered one with upside you know i'm sure got guys who are doing all the redraft analysis like the number fires of the world or whatever will you know present the case that he may that damian williams is the sleeper running back you may want to own but like until until we like i'm reserving judgment on him until i see what the what they do in the in the draft uh very true very true and i so i suppose by your tone, then you would you be much more willing to tag and trade him for like a Marlon Mack or one of the guys that were on the, on that list that we just finished discussing. Is that would you be comfortable with that kind of move? If, if someone's willing to trade for a kind of a career journeyman, you know, in that vein, sure. But <laughs> if you can get a guy, a guy you know, who's in a sit in, in a in a good system that's younger that has a pedigree, like you always do that. Very good. Well, listen, sir, we're, we're bouncing towards the end here. I want you to keep looking down the list, see if any other names stand out to you while I talk you through a, a couple more here. The only other thing that I think uh, I took issue with is you looked down this list. You, you said that inarguably the best five receivers were there at the top of the list. I'm with you. I think those wide receiver assets are becoming unbelievably scarce. And we'll talk a little bit in the offseason on how wide receiver targets and yards went up across the league, but then they were more widely dispersed. And I think those five guys are our guys in Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Antonio Brown are guys that you can absolutely just throw your chips on and know that you're going to hit more often than not. However, 
I argue that the most talented wide receiver in the league is not represented there because he was injured during the championship weeks. And so Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be a fascinating test case. I think his value perhaps has ever been lower than it than it is now since he entered the league. And he's still being featured as a top three wide receiver in Dynasty um, along the way, but he might actually be gettable. Antonio Brown might be gettable as people run away from his attitude at the moment. It's funny. You, you might be able to go get some of these guys that were really, really, truly dynasty currency in years past. But now that the running back renaissance is upon us, now that uh, now that these other running backs, or probably other wide receivers like Devontae Adams have started to pop, uh, and Smith Schuster, who's so likable, is coming to the fore, these kind of guys are finally leveraging their way into the conversation as the best wide receivers in the league. And you might finally see Odell Beckham Jr. and Antonio Brown get get pushed off that top spot, certainly by DeAndre Hopkins if they haven't already. So, Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, of those in terms of those five receivers, like, I mean, they all have their certain qualities for fantasy and consistency. The one I have the most fun watching of those is um, is Hopkins. Uh, just, the, 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 hand, the hands and the route running and everything else is, is just unbelievable. He's so unbelievably likable too, and yeah. just just so entertaining. I'm with you. I uh, I moved him in deals that I'm that I'm proud of, but like I don't have any shares of him, and it just absolutely breaks my heart. I just think he's he's the bee's knees. You know what I mean? So he's he's a great guy. Um, how about further down the list? Did you see any other names that are well represented on championship rosters that you wanted you want GMs to go looking for in the off season? Let's see. I mean, obviously, we talked about Dalvin Cook before. Um, I mean, Tyreek Hill had an unbelievable season. I, I know he kind of faded a little bit down the stretch on the touchdowns and had some drops and some big plays. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I mean, Saquon Barkley is a name, obviously, but the, the, price, the acquisition price there is astronomical. Um, I, I think Robert Woods is a really kind of sneaky, quiet receiver. I mean, you have, you have Cooper Cup coming back from an ACL next year. Who knows how ready he will be? I, and I will say, from a football perspective, the Ram the in something to watch this weekend against the Saints. I'd like the the Rams' chances in New Orleans a lot better if Cooper Cup was playing in this game. I think that you know Josh Reynolds has done fine as a fill-in, but I, I think the confidence that Goff has in Cup and and some of the, just the dynamic that he adds to that team, I think, is going to be felt on the football field this week. Just like I think this is the I think this will be the first game for the Chiefs that they will feel a little bit of the sting of Kareem Hunt's skill set. I know Damian Williams has done awesome and they're going to be at home and it's going to be cold. But I, I mean, I think Kareem Hunt has, did some things against the Patriots and the Patriots can scheme a little bit. So I, from a real football perspective, I think there's, you know, some interesting narratives because those two, you know, Cup and Hunt are out. And then kind of going... Going down the list is funny. You see a kicker on this list, Kaimi Fairbairn, because I think he had a, a huge one of the, I think, huge week 16 where he kicked like six field goals. Yeah, no, I'm with you. There was something unique about his schedule because I actually picked him up in a couple uh, redraft leagues. I, I want to say there was something unique about his schedule. Like he had three domes in a row during the playoffs. There was definitely like a kicker factor that played into that, that made him enticing enough that I dropped like Goskowski in some leagues just because like, I'm going to roll with this kid and see what happens. So yes, it is funny, but I mean, I, 
I right. And I mean, I guess the two other guys I, I would, you know, kind of rounding this out, we've talked about Chubb. I mean, Lindsay's on the list. I mean, he's coming, he's got pretty great story this year. It's really going to be interesting to see how he bounces back from that injury. Cause I don't think he's going to get a lot of time in OTAs. And, and I, I think based on, you know, hiring a defensive coach and a guy like Munchak to be the, you know, on like kind of offense run game coordinator. I mean, I, I think the door is open for Royce Freeman to kind of sneak in and, and show some power back capabilities. Did catch five balls in, in his last game for 25 yards, I think. So showed the ability that he had a little bit of hands too. Um, I Juju Smith Schuster, like I, I really like the story and everything else. I, I want to see how he performs without Antonio Brown. I mean, I think he had five for 50 and a touchdown against Cincinnati week 17 or something along those lines. Um, one of, like, you know, I, I think he he's an interesting story. When you thrust him into a number one, that would be, you know, potentially a little more difficult, um, at least from a fantasy perspective on, on the big plays, I would say. And then lastly, um, Robbie Anderson, I think for some reason I feel like I know Anunwa just got an extension. I don't know if Robbie Anderson did too, but I think that Sam Darnold was working some chemistry with him later late in the season. Right. And and I, I mean he's a big play receiver. If he I mean he's he's all sorts of characteristic from an RSO perspective, but if you kind of go the year to year route with him, I you know, the sky's the limit. For sure. I think the a couple other guys, I think I, I I was actually lockstep with you on that. I think Robert Woods is not being valued. There's something about his name. I mean, if he had like a fascinating name, he would be much higher on the list. I really believe that. It's just Robert Woods sounds like he could be uh, like hanging out with you in the neighborhood. So like people aren't really like on board now. T. Y. Hilton is being perceived as hitting as a fast receiver that's been oft injured and hitting the AJ Apex. I think he's going to be undervalued in the offseason. He's another receiver that can be a true alpha, I think, and, and command a lot of targets um, and is attached to a pretty brilliant pretty brilliant quarterback that has seemingly come all the way back from his injury. So I think T.Y. Hilton is another one that I would just put on people's radar. They, he's one of those veterans that is probably going to be cheaper and undervalued because of his age and because of uh, yeah, I mean, more than anything, because of his age, as people get fascinated by these younger, um, hotter names on the list. And I bet you could package a couple ponies to get that horse if you really work hard at it in the offseason. So that's what I'm looking at, man. And I appreciate you coming together for this. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of time now um, going out of town, like to, like making some moves. But uh, um, yeah, so what do you, any other thoughts before we head out tonight? Uh, I, just excite, exciting season coming up. I, I think everybody, you know, is antsy about rolling over the site. Be patient. Let you know. Let the offense go to work um, a little bit. You know, Kyle with with some of the technology stuff. Let the league settle. Kind of. I mean, they'll put a cap number in regardless of whether the NFL settled on it. Looks like 187 to 192. Looks like the range it's, it's going to be. I mean, should should be a great Super Bowl. I. You know, I, I look forward to doing this with you, getting some, you know, good new guests on, maybe some repeat ones, you know, around around the draft too. Um, also, want to plug um, our own Bob Cowper. I, I believe is on in a publication. I think Dynasty Command Center um, on the, did a mock draft for nineteen. So I checked that out on on the Twitter. Uh, I 
you know, I, I think we got got a good team. We have evergreen content. So if you're waiting, not you know, in the next couple of weeks, and you haven't listened or caught up to all our episodes, or want to check something else out, go back, listen. You know, send us tweets about how wrong we were on certain guys. Um, in terms of these percentages, we had six of thirty-eight on Team Reality Check. Um, six of those guys in our championship fifteen and roster. And now we're gonna now we're gonna break it up. See how we do individually, and see who, which you know, person in the league gives us each our first loss, which is you know inevitable. Could be each other, um, and you know, uh, safe travels, um, you know, out of, the, out of the country. Thanks a lot, and uh, to our all our RSO fantasy GMs, take enjoy the next few weeks. You get to be fantasy football fans without much on the line. Think about how you want to trim those rosters as we move forward. Keep reaching out to Goody and myself at FantasyDocOc on the Twitter, and uh, we will be happy to keep this content coming to you with some really great names um, and some great fantasy analysis for you during the offseason. So, Goody, where are they going to go looking for you, sir? And then we'll bounce out of here. All right. Keep keep the reviews coming um, on iTunes and, and wherever else you can. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MattGoody2. And you guys, that is the first episode of your second season of reality, all about reality and at the Reality Sports Online platform. Welcome to 2019.